Hey guys, it's Society9. We're back at you with a new podcast. It's been a while since we've chatted with you, but we've got Lynn here, founder, CEO of Society9. And Megan Saccone Fraser, the director of marketing and sales at Society9. Very Se- formal. Selling <laughs> selling all the good things all to you things. fine people. Um, <laughs> so for those of you joining who don't know who we are, uh, we are the brand for the fight in every woman. And we make the best boxing and MMA gear and sportswear possible for women out there. Um, special thanks to Honor and Conquer Studios for being our producers for the podcast. Um, we're here today to tell you all about the things that we've been up to because, like I said, we've been out of commission with y'all for a while, so it's nice to be back. Oh, Portland, we missed you. Yes, yes. <laughs> have to say, I have missed the fresh, crisp tap water and the wonderful green trees. And um, cloud storms. And, and the cloud storms and the <laughs> hail storms, although I have to say uh, nothing can really trade uh, some of the experiences that we've had on our adventures lately. So um, for those of you who follow us on Instagram, if you haven't yet, you should, at Society9, nine is spelled out, N-I-N-E. Um, we went on several gym tours. Um, one was in LA and Orange County. We trained for 10 days straight at two to three gyms a day, every day. (laughs) Psychotic, yes. In multiple disciplines. In multiple disciplines. So yes, psychotic as it may seem, we somehow did it. Uh, we joked with our friends and family at home that we're either coming back insanely ripped or we're just going to come back in body bags. Uh, I think it was a mix of both, but... A little bit of both. I did uh, contract the Black Plague. Yes, and I had to (laughs) share Airbnbs with her and her Black Plague. So that was a great experience. I think lesson learned, though, I think we need a GoPro the next time we do a gym tour. Yes. Because some of the shit we went through was 100% reality TV worthy. (laughs) Can we get one of those silly, like, headbands, too, that you stick it on so you can get, like... Yes. (laughs) Yes, and especially... If you had seen our rental car, it was like empty bags of beef jerky, banana peels collected in the side doors. If there's a brand of Power Bar or Protein Bar, we probably had that brand's wrapper. There was probably five different brands. There was hand wraps (laughs) draped like everywhere in the car so that they would dry in between training sessions. It worked Um, really well, by the way. It worked very well. (laughs) Our car kind of looked like a mini slum. But it was awesome. You know, we, so Megan busted her butt and she curated our agenda. Um, Yes, we had an agenda uh, because as you LA listeners know, you live in a really fucking huge place. And we, with so much traffic. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. Uh, So we have been following tons of great gyms and communities, um, really identifying ones that showed strong support for their women's communities, both in their fight teams. Uh, as well as their female membership bases. And um, we just showed up in the backyard, didn't know what to expect. But I think what we ended up learning and realizing was just how uh, welcoming um, all these communities are. And on top of that, how cool it is that everyone's excited about women being in the sport. Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, I think the two big things for me, obviously, you know, we're Society 9, we're all about women in combat sports. But it was really amazing to me to see the diversity of the women that were coming into these gyms, um, just their backgrounds and who they were and what they do on a day-to-day basis that 
that there were so many different women and types of women making the time to do this. Um, and then the other thing was really was the ratio of women to men. I, you know, we're constantly having to, to, to really tell people that women are doing these things. And it was really cool because most of the gyms we went to, I would say they were a majority of their membership base was women. So go girls. Yeah, <laughs> Seriously. I was talking to some gym owners, um, you know, in between classes and stuff. And I would ask them, you know, what percentage of your membership base would you say is male, female? And a significant amount of these gyms that we went to, I would say probably two thirds of them said that, you know, the ratio is 60, 70 percent women and then, you know, 30 percent or whatever male, which is crazy because, you know, I think that there is this misperception that women would never do this stuff. But it is a great workout. And whether you end up wanting to actually train more seriously to be, be competitive or if you're just looking for a supportive community environment that empowers you. I mean, we really saw it and felt it. And I think that was the coolest part of the mm. trip um, was that literal, that feeling. Definitely. I mean, definitely. And even like uh, when we had a chance to really like talk to women one on one, it was so cool to hear the different reasons for them getting into it. Um, every, everything from, you know, the mom who just wanted to get back in shape. Yeah, to meeting to meeting women that had physical handicaps, and uh, it was really interesting. We met this one woman, and she has cerebral palsy, and she was saying to us that you know it's it's frustrating the the situation she finds herself in, and that she isn't taken seriously in other gyms. And when she came into the combat sports realm, not only was she allowed to let out that frustration and anger that she carried in her life, but she also was taken seriously and and she was appreciated and she was pushed. Um, and it was really cool to hear a story like that and to to hear so much passion from someone. you know, she, she said, you know, I never want to compete, but that this is her passion and this is something that she puts as a priority. Um, that that conversation really left a big impact on me. It was really cool. You could you could just see her eyes light up and you could tell the impact that that boxing had had in her life. She was a boxer. And that was really cool because I think um, I think people don't fully understand how how much of an impact athletics in general can have on people's lives. Um, but combat sports in particular really does show women how much of a fighter they really are. So that was awesome. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that note for sure. And I, in speaking with the, the woman that you're referring to, I mean, I felt the same thing. I mean, it, it her telling her story almost made me cry just because, you know, here I am, fully, fu fully functioning body, not, never really any major injuries or any diseases or cancer, knock on wood, God willing. Um, but here she is really having to physically overcome these challenges. And like Megan was saying, her eyes lighting up, just being able to own something that was hers because, you know, she couldn't even own her own body to a certain degree um, because of what she suffered through. So, um, yeah, I I agree with you. Like, I, I wish... I wish more people could hear that story versus mm. what is constantly talked about in fitness, especially right now, which I swear to God, if another Facebook ad comes up for me to do some sort of 
tea drinking detox diet thing to get fit and into shape for bikini season i'm gonna bash my head into the wall because that's all i see right now i think facebook has officially known not to to put those ads on my (laughs) i need to figure out how to get on that list you just start um hide all from from i start just clicking all of them part of me though (laughs) but part of me though uh, maybe i'm a little masochistic but part of me kind of likes getting those ads because i want to see the kind of shit that's being put out there yeah i think that's fair enough but um i don't know that's still a good idea (laughs) yeah i choose i choose no yeah (laughs) yeah trust me some days i'm like why am i torturing myself but um what are some other things there was like so much i mean 10 days worth um you know stories like that one i think were what had the biggest impact on me the other really cool thing that was a big impact for me was uh male trainers Mm. that would come up to us and they they were so enthusiastic about the things that we were saying and our mission as a brand um they got it and it's interesting because I've had some I I think first of all that shows that we did a really good job of researching the gyms we wanted to go to and and picking where we wanted to spend our time but that being said I also think um, it shows that I think opinions towards women in combat sports is changing. Um, I've had negative experiences and, and I have gone into gyms that don't take women seriously. That didn't happen on this trip. And that was really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were seeing, you were seeing coaches that were pushing women really hard. And there was this kind of, there was community in every gym we went to, which was that's exactly what we as a brand want to see. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That yeah. Was super cool. Fuzzies, warm fuzzies <laughs> everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, to echo that, I, I felt like the reactions that we did get from, from male trainers, I think it was awesome that they resonate with our brand and what our philosophy is. But I think it was also cool to see how much they embraced the fact that their gyms were being dominated by women or, or just the female presence in general. Mm. Um, and not in like a creepy way by any means, but just in a, um, you know, to hear them use the words empowered mm-hmm. and strong women and uh, tough or fierce or whatever to describe these women. It's awesome because I rarely heard, if at all, actually, I rarely heard any trainers say that a lot of their clients were coming in to lose weight. I don't. Yeah. As soon as you started saying that, I I was thinking about I don't think a single one said anything about bikini season or anything like that. They literally all and it could have been because they, you know, they could have picked up on our, our, you know, verbiage. But I think that they got it, that their their clients were coming to them. I think we've had to interact with enough people in this industry that we have pretty decent bullshit meters. So (laughs) I feel like, you know, I I do 100 percent genuinely feel like all those male trainers that we spoke to, you know, really came from a place of conviction and passion for Mm -hmm. their clients or the members that they were seeing, which I just think is so cool, especially when you look at um, just the gap in the fitness industry. Like when you go to like a a big box gym, I'm not going to name any just because, you know, there's still good trainers in each one of those gyms, but I'm saying philosophically, it's like you go into those environments and everything is so much about seasonality. It's about, bikini season it's about new year's resolution season and i get that that's on the business side like that's when they make the most money on privates and all that stuff at the same time like you rarely see any marketing or encouragement around like 
empowering yourself or Lear- skill development. Yeah, skill development, <laughs> Lear- you know, testing your capabilities. And I think that's what was cool to watch in these any boxing gym, whether it was a, you know, boxing boutique experience or if it was like a old school kind of heritage gym you still saw the same push from Mm. all trainers towards their male uh, or female clients, which was like, keep going. You can do this. Like you're a badass. Keep going. Like that's, and I think that's what made me excited to see, especially the shift, um, like the paradigm shift around like women's presence in these places. I, I will also say I was really impressed as an athlete to see, even, you know, even the classes that were more fitness focused and aren't, you know, competition team practices or anything like that. It was really cool to see these trainers take the time to break down the the technique involved in everything. I don't think there was a single gym we went to that didn't take at least, you know, five minutes to break down how to throw a jab properly or um, movement. You know, I felt like every single class we went to they really tried to push technique, which is, I think, something that, you know, is close to my heart is, you know, teaching women that they should sh- should view their body through what it's capable of doing instead of what it looks like. Right. Um, right. Instead of yelling at you just to sweat. It's yeah. Like really actually focusing and engaging with all of your muscles and your striking and your movement. Um, it, was, it was cool to hear trainers i'm a i'm a movement freak i love any movement drill like when it's a movement day i'm like yes i just i like getting my brain manipulated like that because it's complicated your bodies are complicated it was i loved hearing trainers like yell at us Mm. to move more move your head why are you standing in front of the bag like move around and all that stuff and it's those little things that i think also changes the experience because like for women i see those types of corrections as ways for them to tap into uh, asking themselves, how can I get better? And that's how I think we build legacy in the sport. Like, how do we convert women from just, you know, doing it for fitness? And they may do it for fitness only forever and never compete, no matter how many privates they take or whatever. But if that means that it encourages them or gets them excited about taking themselves more seriously as lifelong athletes, I mean, I think that's huge. And I, I'm just really excited about the people who've been in the sport for a long time, have been invested in the sport and seeing what kind of, even, even if they're not even aware of what they're doing in terms of making an impact on that, uh, what's next. Um, I think that's, that's exciting. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, so outside of the gym, what was your favorite um, silly fun part of the, the trip to Oh my Ellen. God, okay. This is gonna gross everybody out, probably, but whatever. We're friends here. Um, <laughs> I, so again, Megan and I were training two or three times a day. We were both grouchy, many moments, hungry, other moments. Hangry. Hangry, it's, it's yeah, hangry, hangry is, is actually a better way to describe it. Uh, low on caffeination all the time. Um, I had hankerings for McDonald's sausage <laughs> breakfast sandwiches <laughs> all the time. And it is not necessarily something I'm proud of for all you like, you know, you're you're uh, ruining the gains that you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. But honestly, when your body is like, I give zero shit up and dying in the corner. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When your body's at the point of giving zero shits, it really doesn't matter. Something salty 
uh, sounds great. So uh, that was probably my biggest vice on the trip. Megan? Um, I don't think you had that many bad vices. I really think it was just me. Well, okay. To be fair, though, I knew that I had to come back to a nutritionist when we came back from That's true. That's so, true. So um, for everyone that doesn't know, I, I do want to compete in Muay Thai. And whoop, whoop. Um, at my current weight, it's like impossible to find competition because I'm a chubby chubkins. And I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just a heavier weight. Um, but so I'm kind I'm of eye rolling her right now. For <laughs> but those of you but wondering. I'm I'm cutting down so I have more opportunities. Not because yeah. like I want to look good in a bikini, but because I want the chance to compete. And right now I don't have that. So anyway, so we went into L.A. Me knowing that I'm in the process of cutting and that I'm going to, to die. Um, and I think we got like four days deep into the trip. And I think we both were like, oh, my Lord, I need salt and fat and protein. So we went to Shaka Shack. Oh, <laughs> yes. That and was that was a memory for sure. <laughs> so. Um, that's in Santa Monica, right? Yeah. You're more familiar with that area. Yeah. So, uh, if you are in Santa Monica ever, I highly recommend Shaka Shack. Um, what was the lady's name? I can't remember, but she was she a was, Polynesian uh, gem. She's such an auntie. Yeah. Such an auntie. I love this woman. She was wearing this like just amazing, gigantic, like gold alligator linked necklace and she had so much personality i there was um, also probably 20 layers of makeup on her but yeah but god she was, bless her she was she's fabulous she's <laughs> auntie auntie for life yeah so um so immediately i was like i love this place but then uh the burgers were so legit and the the french fries they were truffle right truffle yeah fries. truffle fries yeah pretty much the way to my heart and my husband knows this is truffle french fries <laughs> so um so after that memorable burger and fry trip, um, I got to take a picture with with Auntie and, <laughs> and the chef that made our burgers. Um, I don't know. It was just really fun. And I felt like, uh, it's obviously, it's really great. We're, you know, we're getting into these gyms. But it was so cool because I felt like you and I were kind of carrying that, like, po the po those positive vibes everywhere. Yeah. So. No, for sure. I mean, I think um, I would have to agree. That was actually one of our best memories. And this was after, <laughs> like... I was getting like legit chest palpitations <laughs> in like one of my classes. Uh, Megan was like shaking in her Muay Thai <laughs> class because she was so low blood sugar. To be fair, uh, for for those of you who are actually professional athletes listening, we a hundred percent were not like living off of like a, a perfectly well balanced diet or, or anything or sleep yeah. by any means because in between the classes we were finding any local starbucks to like post up and work post mm. on social media do all that stuff so i mean we we fully acknowledged that what we were doing was not necessarily well watched sustainable or sustainable <laughs> by any means but that was sort of part of the adventure you know which is why i think next time we do it we have to get a gopro because i think we'll we're gonna have just hilarious footage but um but yeah, like Shaka Shack, I think it, so I lived in Santa Monica last year and Shaka Shack was one of those places where it was such a vice, but it's just so good. Like <laughs> I think out of all the bougie burger places in LA or whatever, like go to this place. You don't need that $12 bougie burger. You need a $7 burger served. It by was local. Right? It was local too. Yeah, it <laughs> was local and you need it served by this Polynesian auntie. auntie. Um, Plus, if you really like uh, Pacific Islander and Polynesian cultural cultural uh, 
um, appropriation. <laughs> um, yeah. The decorations are on par for that. So pretty it's pretty horrifically amazingly kitschy yeah um <laughs> like think golden girls like my, my Samoan husband is looking at it right now and shaking his head yeah <laughs> it's a hundred percent the epitome of polynesian uh culture uh cultural, cu- theft. Uh, yeah, cultural <laughs> theft but um but uh but yeah I'm trying to think of what other like good memories we had all i can think of is mcdonald's um, and chocolate what was Shack. that what was that uh snow cone place that we went to and i got the snow cone that was as big as my oh, head oh we went to little osaka i love how all of our good memories are our junk food, food. yeah yeah seriously <laughs> we went to little osaka in la which is in like west la um I think it's called Little Osaka. I can't remember, but it's in West LA. For those of you who do live in LA, it's Sawtell Boulevard. Um, there is the milk ice place, milk shave ice place. Mm. And Megan, Megan and I were just about to take our evening classes and we were just craving a snack. This was not a snack, though. This was like a pool <laughs> of, of milk shave ice. But um, I took her to the milk ice place and the the regular size was like as big as my head. Yeah. It was literally like you could put, (laughs) if you lowered your face into the opening of this bowl, your face would go into it. Um, and that was the regular size. Uh, but so Megan and I share, which means it was awesome. Yeah. So Megan and I share that. That was cool. Um, I'm trying to think what else, um do we have any near-death traffic experiences i'm trying to remember no i think that was okay i mean it's la so i feel like every time you drive you feel like you're gonna die right (laughs) um but as far as near death i definitely think it was pretty funny i remember uh one night when we went out for dinner with dween oh dween richards what's up i started coughing at dinner and i was just like oh just a casual like no big deal. And right before I went to bed, you were like, are you getting sick? And I was like, no, no, I'm not getting sick. And then the next day I woke up and I said, shit. Yeah. <laughs> shit. She was so sick. So, okay. I, and I kept training. <laughs> yeah. I, so I felt really bad cause I was, a, was probably a little mean, but it wasn't because I didn't want her to get better. It was because I'm the sound of a cough for whatever reason just makes me feel really grossed out. It doesn't matter who it's coming from. I just hate the sound of coughs. When I cough, I try very diligently to remember to cough in my arm because I just, I hate the phlegmy noise. Anyway, Megan's cough, like I think she was borderline pneumonia, bronchitis. I don't even know what, like that's how bad it sounded. (laughs) I just like thinking about the small spaces that we were in, like the rental car, the Airbnbs and hearing her cough. It's it's a miracle you didn't get sick. No, it really was a miracle. (laughs) I was chugging packets of emergency to the point of like, can I overdose on vitamin C? Because I was literally so scared of getting sick. Like every time she coughed, I just, I gave her this look that was just this look of disgust. And I felt so bad. It makes you feel any better. That's the way my insides felt. Too. I I believe I, that. I actually like my abs were sore from coughing. And it every time so we did a bad. class and they did because every class had like an insane amount of I felt like of ab work. And I was just like, you people don't understand the struggle is so real for me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I felt bad for her. She was she was a trooper. Cause I think it like, took me two weeks after we got back to get better. But yeah. hey, it's cool. OK, anyways. <laughs> on from LA. Thank yeah. you, LA. You're amazing. Love you all. Yeah, we'll be back soon because, like I said, you're you live in a fucking huge place. <laughs> yeah, we did not hit. We actually did not hit all the gyms that we really want to hit and all the communities we want to be a part of. 
Um, Lynn, you just came back from Boston. I did. And I'm obsessed. I think it's my like second home. Uh, I've just, it was a really, um, impactful trip for me on a personal level, which I didn't expect it to, but it challenged me in a lot of different ways. Um, but I have to say best part about Boston is the people. Like I, I consider myself a little less Pacific Northwest than the average. I mean, like I, I like a little bit of big city grit. Um, but I also don't really believe in like New York's level of ball busting. (laughs) Um, but Boston had like a good balance between like welcoming and no bullshit. And it, it was, it was awesome. And I liked how condensed everything was. You really could reach one end of the city to the other within like 20 minutes. Um, and I just, I don't know. I was just obsessed. I was full blown obsessed. The, the first time I went to Boston was for head of the Charles, which is a, a rowing race for everyone who, who doesn't know. I was with my mother and I think I was like 16 and we got so lost in Boston that we were lost for about four hours. We almost drove our butts all the way out to Salem. We (laughs) stopped three different police officers and they didn't have the time to give us proper directions. Oh my God. And it felt like every street was one way street. So my, my initial um, reaction to Boston was dear God, this place is frightening. Ah. Um, But obviously when you get to spend more time there, it's, it's a pretty awesome place. I'm jealous that you got to spend so much time there. Yeah. I was staying with our, our designer, Raffi, Raffi, what's up? Uh, staying with him in, uh, South Boston and, uh, I have to say, like, I I can imagine what the locals, like the true locals, like South Bostonites, ride or die. I can imagine only what they're feeling about gentrification, only because that's kind of happening in Portland, too. You know, mm. you've got, like, the true grit, blue collar of, like, South Boston. Like, that whole image is changing, mm. um, for better or worse, right? I mean, that, that means that new businesses are going to go up. Hopefully, that either means more jobs or at least just generally speaking more cash flowing through and hopefully that improves like the neighborhood economy and stuff but um but it's interesting to see that stuff happen too in a in a big city like boston especially because that is so prevalent right now in portland um i have to say the food is incredible i had my very first lobster roll ever was it from like a legit lobster roll place or was it from a bougie place? Because you can't get them from bougie places. Well, I don't know. I was taken to Legal Harborside. Of a, Megan, have you heard of that? Mm-mm. It's like a local like chain seafood restaurant, but it's like very local. Like they have like, I think two or three locations or something in Boston. Um, it was a little bougie, but um, it was really, really tasty. Um, and so I, I have to say... As good as it was, I don't really feel like it was that great. <laughs> like like the lobster roll itself. Like I think I hyped up lobster rolls in my brain to be something else. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. Oh, I no. <laughs> I didn't get that magic, I guess, that I was looking for. So I guess to be fair, though, lobster rolls are like, it's kind of like the unicorn of food in the in the like Northeast. So... You, and they're either like mind blowing or they're good. 
Right. You can't really go wrong with like lobster and butter and mayo on a roll. That's true. But if you get a good one. Yeah. Like game changer. I bet. Yeah. I think there was something about this lobster meat. I guess like I was picturing it to be more tender. I don't know. I'm not going to spend the rest of this podcast evaluating lobster meat. I think we've talked mostly about food at this point. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I did go for Haymakers for Hope, which was an amazing um, boxing well, it's first of all, it's a cancer charity, but they host um, charity boxing events uh, for the purposes of raising uh, funding for cancer. And it was I was so impressed by the whole production, like kudos to Haymakers for Hope. Check them out. Haymakersforhope.org. Um, really cool organization. They hold events in Boston and New York. You basically apply if you want to compete and you Theoretically, you train, you know, three to four months um, and it's a USA boxing sanctioned event. So this does go on your amateur record um, or an amateur record. Even if you don't plan on becoming an amateur boxer, you end up getting one from this event. So it's pretty cool. Um, And I have to say, like, it was it was cool to see all the different like female fighters that were there, like especially ones that competed in Bells of the Brawl uh, last year, which is the sister event of the organization. Um, Same organization, but it's their event specifically for female boxers only. And it's to raise money for uh, breast cancer. Um, And they hold it every year in October. Really excited. We plan on being at the one this year. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, just really cool to talk to the women who competed last year and and see the turnout. They raised over like half a million or something. It was was awesome. It's really cool. Um, Awesome. Yeah. Um, Last thing I want to talk to you about before we get going. We have some new products coming that I... I feel like okay. I feel like we should talk about. Um, so obviously, it's super exciting because our gloves are expanding. Um, so for everyone that doesn't know, we have some pretty great buy a boxing gloves. They are available right now in black with gold, but now they're gonna come out with some hyped out black on black and some gold on white. Uh, and then we may or may not also be expanding our MMA gloves too, eh? Yep. And uh, keep a lookout, but come fall, there might be some other surprises in the apparel side too. So, ooh, collective ooh. So for those of you who've already pre-ordered your black on blacks and your um, white and gold boxing gloves, uh, good job because we are in the middle of production right now and we hope to ship those out to you guys uh, just in time for the summer. Um, Currently, our estimated ship date is in June. Um, We hope to hit that, but as we have before, we keep all of our customers really well updated as to what's happening Mm -hmm. on our end. Um, I want to say that the to the kickstarter backers and our earliest customers thank you you guys have been such great um, feedback channels for us Mm. really testing out the gloves being invested in us and coming to us with new ideas also questions um and also you know criticisms we welcome that too because you know we're proud of what we launched but we we know we can always get better but we can't get better without you um so i'm proud to say that with the black on black gloves and the white and gold boxing gloves, um, you will see some minor modifications. Don't freak out. It's not like like something substantial changed. But, you know, if one of you guys said, hey, have you thought about putting a little bit more foam here nearby the pinky or whatever? We listen to all of it. In fact, we collect all this information um, on a spreadsheet back 
in our office and we every time we have product development discussions we literally go over all the things that our customers say by name too we're not just saying oh this customer said this but you know we we know where all of our customers are and we try to build these relationships so please be involved we would love to have you be involved let us know Yes. So yeah, yeah place your uh, pre-order now. We are um, we are shipping out a limited edition Society Nine water bottle with every pre-order purchase. So get it in. It's a um, good water bottle. Yes. Um, <laughs> other thing I should throw out there: we are uh, launching our hand wraps again in 180 inch length. Uh, we had by a lot of feedback wanting that. We've had a lot of requests and feedback for that, so you should expect that to come in as well this summer. Um, and we're really excited about that, um, especially when we get you know photos of you guys post-workout in your hand wraps, um, giving us a shout-out. That's It's it's great stuff. We follow all of it. Um, it's just Megan and I. So uh, If it takes a day or two to get back to you, it's not because we don't love you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's because we're trying to talk to all hundreds of you. So, uh, But we do pay attention every single time. So uh, we love seeing it. Keep it coming. Um, but yeah, if you guys have any questions, drop us a line, Facebook, Instagram, direct message on Instagram, Twitter, Twitter, email, uh, you write it. It's me or Megan responding. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we can't wait to hear from you guys and we're really excited to see those pre-orders come in. If you have questions about sizing, um, and you're learning about us for this first time, please feel free to drop us a line. Like I said, we, we're happy to talk through any sizing issues or questions you have, and um, we are here for you. So thanks, thanks LA and Boston for having us. Uh, thanks to the women and the, the coaches, too, uh, in both cities for welcoming us. And uh, who knows? We might be dropping by uh, on another gym tour, maybe Texas, Oklahoma, New York. We've gotten uh, inquiries from a lot of communities, and we're excited to come out and... Uh, Drop some surprise bombs on you. Society 9 signing out. Yep. Peace.